quite different reasons. The children had explored the gardens and the outhouses thoroughly before they were caught and cleaned for tea, and they saw quite well that they were certain to be happy at the White House. They thought so from the first moment, but when they found the back of the house covered with jasmine, all in white flower, and smelling like a bottle of the most expensive scent that is ever given for a birthday present, and when they'd seen the lawn, all green and smooth and quite different from the brown grass in the gardens at Camden Town, and when they had found the stable, with a loft over it and some old hay still left, they were almost certain. And when Robert had found the broken swing and tumbled out of it and got a lump on his head the size of an egg, and Cyril had nipped his finger in the door of a hutch that seemed made to keep rabbits in, if you ever had any, they had no longer any doubts whatever. The best part of it all was that there were no rules about not going to places and not doing things. In London almost everything is labelled, you mustn't touch. And though the label is invisible, it's just as bad because you know it's there, or if you don't, you jolly soon get told. The White House was on the edge of a hill with a wood behind it, and the chalk quarry on one side and the gravel pit on the other. Down at the bottom of the hill was a level plain, with queer-shaped white buildings where people burnt lime, and a big red brewery and other houses, and when the big chimneys were smoking and the sun was setting, the valley looked as if it was filled with golden mist, and the lime kilns and oast houses glimmered and glittered till they were like an enchanted city out of the Arabian Nights. Now that I've begun to tell you about the place— I feel that I could go on and make this into a most interesting story about all the ordinary things that the children did, just the kind of things you do yourself, you know, and you would believe every word of it, and when I told about the children's being tiresome, as you are sometimes, your aunts would perhaps write in the margin of the story with a pencil, How true, or How like life, and you would see it and very likely be annoyed. So I will only tell you the really astonishing things that happened, and you may leave the book about quite safely, for no aunts and uncles either are likely to write how true on the edge of the story. Grown-up people find it very difficult to believe really wonderful things, unless they have what they call proof. But children will believe almost anything, and grown-ups know this. That is why they tell you that the earth is round like an orange— when you can see perfectly well that it's flat and lumpy, and why they say that the earth goes round the sun, when you can see for yourself any day that the sun gets up in the morning and goes to bed at night like a good sun as it is, and the earth knows its place and lies as still as a mouse. Yet I dare say you believe all that about the earth and the sun, and if so, you will find it quite easy to believe that before Anthea and Cyril and the others had been a week in the country, they had found a fairy." At least they called it that, because that was what it called itself, and of course it knew best. But it was not at all like any fairy you ever saw or heard of or read about. It was at the gravel pits. Father had to go away suddenly on business, and Mother had gone away to stay with Granny, who was not very well. They both went in a great hurry, and when they were gone the house seemed dreadfully quiet and empty— and the children wandered from one room to another and looked at the bits of paper and string on the floors left over from the packing and not yet cleared up, and wished they had something to do. It was Cyril who said, I say, let's take our Margate spades and go and dig in the gravel pits. We can pretend it's seaside. 
Father said it was once, Anthea said. He says there are shells there thousands of years old. So they went. Of course, they'd been to the edge of the gravel pit and looked over, but they had not gone down into it for fear Father should say they mustn't play there, and the same with the chalk quarry. The gravel pit is not really dangerous if you don't try to climb down the edges, but go the slow, safe way round by the road as if you were a cart. Each of the children carried its own spade and took it in turns to carry the lamb. He was the baby, and they called him that because Bach was the first thing he ever said. They called Anthea Panther, which seems silly when you read it, but when you say it, it sounds a little like her name. The gravel pit is very large and wide, with grass growing round the edges at the top, and dry stringy wildflowers, purple and yellow. It's like a giant's washhand basin, and there are mounds of gravel and holes in the sides of the basin where gravel has been taken out.